Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca, and I'm back after a week off. I had family in town celebrating my kids' baptism. It was a great time, a beautiful ceremony, and really uh, great to kind of reconnect with the whole family, everyone together to celebrate that. Um, so I took that weekend off of taking home podcast because I had family in town. It was just no way I was going to be able to watch enough wrestling uh, to do a show. So I, you know, had to put on hold. And but I'm back here with another episode. I'm excited to talk about the show I'm going to talk about today. Um, but a program note: I will be taking off next weekend as well. Um, it's spring break for my oldest daughter Chloe, and she, and we are. Taking a little family vacation, which is going to be, uh, I'll be gone for the weekend. So again, I will not have an opportunity to uh, record and for a show for next weekend. So I'll be off next weekend as well. Um, but I will be back um, for the Fight Game Media Podcast Plus show for the 1998 Raw review with Garrett Gonzalez. We have that would be on our Patreon. Patreon again is only five dollars. If you haven't subscribed, give us a shot. A lot of great content, a lot of great wrestling content, a lot of great MMA, boxing content. We cover everything in the fight game, and that's a great Patreon. That's doing really well, and we're really happy with it. Um, and we would love to get some new new subscribers. And I just. I think if you just give us a shot for a month, you want to keep sticking around because, like I said, we have a lot of great shows. And um, so, yeah, I'll be taking off next weekend as well. But uh, I'll come back with a vengeance, and I'll be hitting those shows hard. And I appreciate all the feedback I get on these shows um, from fans and wrestlers. Um, you know, because they 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 know what I give. I give a an experience opinion, and I and I don't. I don't pull any punches, right? So I give a very honest opinion on the matches I see, the workers I, the workers in the ring. Um, I just love doing this show, and it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I when I first started this show, I thought, you know, it will be fun to kind of, you know, just to talk, give my opinions on some of the stuff I watch. Because I, I do watch a lot of wrestling, and, you know, my wife gives me hell for it. But, you know, well, not hell. She just, you know ribs me a little bit but i just i don't know i just love wrestling i love i love this business still and i enjoy watching the new up-and-coming talent and which brings me to the show tonight um this weekend excuse me um ecwa super eight tournament now for me I, i honestly it's been a while since i even pay attention to the super eight tournament i didn't know it was still going on honestly and i do have access to iwtv and i was just surprised when i saw it this ecw super eight popped up and i was like wow that is still going today and back in 1997 when the first one happened I remember at the time, and it was like the early stages of, uh, you know, online, um, American Online, the grandstand forums, the wrestling forums, and it it was a a big-time talk. A lot of, you know, great young independent wrestlers competing in this tournament, and from that first tournament in 1997, it just kept getting more and more momentum, and... I believe the best tournament was in 2001 when it was uh, Low Key versus American and Dragon. Brian Danielson in the uh, in the main event. They had a really good tournament, um, and I just really enjoyed it. And I I kept following for a few a few more years, probably till the 10 year anniversary. Probably I feel like that's the last one I I watched. Um, but I did you know would keep up with results, but I just never so busy with wrestling and um at the time i was you know managing and then and then eventually booking after that and then of course running my own promotion in premiere so i i was just never you know didn't have enough time to watch those shows and like i said i just 
it just kind of fell off. It, it, it has lost its luster a little bit, right? Because when in 1997, when the Super 8 kicked off, it was, uh, you know, like a very popular thing. And, of course, with anything in wrestling that's popular, a lot of people start copying. So all these tournaments start popping up, right? Uh, and one of the tournaments that's heavily influenced by um, – by this ECWA Super 8 tournament was my home promotion, All Pro Wrestling out of Hayward, California. It 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 spawned the King of the Indies, right? And the first King of the Indies was an eight-man tournament just like the Super 8. Uh, it, it happened with very little fanfare. And it was in this, a small town up north in Northern California, Galt, California. Uh, it was won by... Christopher Daniels. It was a good tournament, but it didn't get the press that the ABW promoter at the time, Roland Alexander, wanted. So, and Roland was very competitive. And when it didn't get the press it he expected, he wanted to make the 2001 bigger and better. And so, what he did was increase from the number of entrants from eight to 16 and he made a point to go out and find and and book the top indie wrestlers he could find um so 2001 is that was the big king indies tournament the most famous tournament of the king indies um it's the that king of indies tournament spawned ring of honor from uh you know gase wilkowski and uh and Rob Feinstein and whoever else was that in charge of the starting Ring of Honor, they saw the tape of King of Indies and they said, "Hey, these look at these sixteen guys. That's a promotion here, so this could work." And so that's what they did. And it was a two night tournament, the King of Indies. Um, it was in Vallejo, California. Roland Alexander, he just you know spared no expense. He was not only did he book talent from all the top indie talent from all the United States. There was Doug Williams, who was an unknown talent. Um, a recommendation from Michael Modest. He came over from England and from the King of Indies. He was that's how he ended up getting booked in Ring of Honor. Uh, eventually TNA, Noah, etc. Um, that was a springboard for his career. Um, but all all that the King of Indies all started from the Super Eight, right? Because Roland was so competitive and there was you know all all pro wrestling at the time in 1987 was you know making a lot of waves on the underground tape trading scene and roland would put you know west coast wrestling all pro wrestling up against you know east coast wrestling that got all all the attention so roland you know loved loved controversy and on and and he's he spent way too much time on those AOL grandstand board, t- arguing with the fans, talking to fans. So when 2000, the 2000 King Indies, the first King Indies, didn't get the response that he wanted, didn't get the attention that he wanted, he really went out and made 2001 a big event, and and that you know, and that was direct competition with Super Eight. So Super Eight tournament. Heavy influenced on you know people my age. I'm I'm forty, forty three right now. Forty four. Well, I don't even remember. <laughs> but uh, you know we when we grew, we I grew up my in my age bracket. I grew up in the um, you know tape trading in the nineties and and you know getting tapes and you know ECW A ECW eight was uh, a heavy heavy uh, influence on me and. You know, it became a, it was a very popular tournament. So when I saw it back, or because they did, I believe they did take 2021 off because of the pandemic. I just it's just like I didn't even think I thought about the Super Eight in a very long time, and then I saw it. I'm like, wow, I have to I have to watch this, and I have to review it for the uh, for the Ticket Own podcast. Now, ECWA uh, was out of Delaware, founded by Jim Kettner who was a really good promoter, 
um, respected promoter. I mean, a lot of the people that I know that compete in the Super 8 and has worked at ECW and, and met Jim Kettner and worked with him always just said nothing but great things. Um, uh, the first Super 8 winner was Ace Darling, a, 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 a Northeast indie wrestler that always enjoyed his work. Him and Devin Storm, I remember having a match. They, well, they're a tag team in WCW as extremists, and then they did one of the light heavyweight tournaments. Uh, with the, that light heavyweight match in the, in the tournament when they were crowning a new, a new light heavyweight champion in the WWF that was eventually won by Taka Michinoku. Uh, they had a quick, short match together. Ace Darling and Devin Storm did. And that was from, you know, Jim Cornette, knowing those guys from working the Core Loser shows, from working ECWA, and and the relationship he had with those guys. So, um, but like I said, my favorite one was the 2001 uh, ver- show, and that was uh, like it's won by Loki over Brian Danielson. And I just love that when you know, APW's 2001 King Indies, the finals was again Loki versus Brian Danielson, but this time Brian Danielson beat Loki. They had a great final um, on both tournaments. And it wasn't supposed to be that. That was not supposed to be the finals of the APW. It was supposed to be Morishima from Noah when he was just a young rookie. And I believe it was going to be against Donovan Morgan. Um, I do know Morishima was for sure going to be in it and win it because Noah, you know, started building a relationship with APW because they booked Michael Modest, Donovan Morgan, Bison Smith. And they wanted, and Roland wanted involvement from Noah, but Noah's like, okay, if you want, you want one of our guys to beat it, they're winning it, right? And this would be a good springboard for a young one of the young wrestlers like Morishima to uh, to win it. Um, but it it didn't that fell through. Things changed. Um, that same weekend, there was a, a power struggle with Michael Monis, Donovan Morgan, and Roland to where Michael Monis and Donovan Morgan and Bison Smith end up quitting um, APW, and then they started their own promotion, Pro Wrestling Iron, for a short period of time. So the it was changed to Brian Danson winning and beating Loki, and Brian Danson ended up taking the spot of Michael Modest and being the head trainer, and Donovan Morgan, and being the head trainer of APW. So, a little backstory there. Um, Donovan Morgan, former APW wrestler, in 2002 won the Super 8 tournament. Um, he uh, he beat AJ Styles in the finals. I think if uh, they they could do it all over again, they they probably put AJ Styles over. I was shocked that Donovan won um, that year, but I that's it was that's what kind of made the Super 8 special. Like. They had, uh, you know, a surprise win like that, right? Um, I believe Tommaso Ciampa won one year, but the previous two years he he made it to the finals and lost. Um, my good friend, one of my buddies that I, I, I worked with in wrestling, um, traveled all over, you know, Northern California, all the West Coast with uh, J.J. Perez. Um, he was booked in the... Uh, 2005 Super 8 tournament on a recommendation from Christopher Daniels, who uh, came and, and worked many of APW shows before. Obviously, he won the 2000 um, King of Indies. He was in the 2001 King of Indies, but he came through in 2005, in January 2005, and was on a show that featured uh, JJ Perez, who wrestled AJ Styles that show. And after Christopher Daniels saw AJ uh, JJ Perez, he's called up Jim Kettner, said you got to book this kid for uh, the Super Eight tournament. And JJ Perez, um, he was only five foot four, but he was a hell of a worker. I mean, one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in person. You know, not I'm not saying because he's one of my good friends and he taught me a lot, but I'm just saying like he's just one of those guys that, and there's a lot of them that should have done more in wrestling. Didn't get the breaks. Um, it was a little bit on him because JJ, I thought, you know, on his own, he kind of let things just happen instead of hustled more. Um, he was nearly getting a New Japan contract. 
he was going to those Anoki Dojo shows. He wasn't an Anoki Dojo member, but he was booked on them many times. And, you know, that the carrot was there, you know, on the string was there for New Japan. I just kept, you know, kept moving and moving. The goal, you know, there's goalposts to get there, and it just kept moving on him. And I think that kind of really soured him a little bit. And, I, and of course, he hurt his neck again. So he, uh, he eventually retired he came back for a short time uh when i was booking apw he was feeling good his neck was got a great uh uh great you know doctor visit and everything was looking good and he came back and he was mr wrestling number four and which is just supposed to be a short time gimmick end up being the gimmick he used for uh the rest of his uh wrestling career before he eventually hurt his neck again and ended up having to retire. Um, but he did good in that tournament. He uh, he won his uh, the first round match and eventually lost the semifinal match to Puma, who later on would become uh, TJ Perkins. Uh, my best friend, Tom Caster, who is a current referee for the WWE and NXT, um, he refereed the 2007 uh, Super 8 tournament. And very rare for a a uh, person, especially a referee, especially from the West Coast, be booked out for the Super 8 tournament. Like it just well, back then, it was not a lot of fly-ins, and you know, for for a referee for sure. And what happened there was Donald Morgan was a previous winner. This was a tenth anniversary of the Super 8, and what happened was Jim Kettner was asking um, previous winners recommendations, and he asked Donovan Morgan. Who would he recommend for the Super 8 tournament? And, and I thought this was just a, a great thing by Donovan Morgan. He told Jim Kettner, he said, you know what? Instead of a, a wrestler for the tournament, may I recommend a referee, a kid that's hardworking, who's really good at his craft, his craft passionate about being the best referee, um, and just, just a hardworking kid. And and Jim Cutner said, sure, you know, I would love to book him. So Tom Caster got the referee, the 2007 Super 8 tournament. And as I said about Tom, always been a hustler. And he, you know, eventually got his got his dream job, WWE, and thriving to this day. So, um, and another from one of my friends, Antonio the Promise Thomas competed in the 2013 tournament. He also won this first round match, made it to the semifinals, losing to uh, the uh, Pep, uh, Papa Don, but the vet, you know who end up losing to the eventual winner, Damian Dragon. So uh, a, lot, a lot of connection for me with the Super Eight. So um, memories of just early days of tape trading, um, the influence had it that it had on APW and the King of Indies, and you know personal friends who've worked for the tournament. Who have all said nothing but good things about their experience there. The professionalism by Jim Kettner and his crew. Um, I talked to Antonio Promise Thomas today. I called him up and I said, hey, I'm going to be covering the Super 8 for the Take It On podcast. I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts on that, on, you know, competing in that tournament and what it meant to you. And so I took a lot of notes. He was, we talked for about a good, I don't know, 30 minutes and, um, and, you know, he said competing in the Super 8 for him was a big highlight. It's like it, for him, it's right up there with signing with WWE, with with you know working on those big sh- WWE shows with those those other you know with the legends and the flares, the Randy Orton's, etc. Um, and also up there with working in, in all Japan's because to him, the Super 8 just like me was a very important tournament. Um, he said getting that metal and getting that shirt meant so much to him that super eight shirt and that's that metal meant so much it's like having his own baseball card um like i said he was a fan of the previous tournaments um and and because competing in super eight meant so much to him to be there to, to do that to get that opportunity not but competing there it meant so much more to him because in 1999, his trainer, Steve Bradley, not only competed in that tournament in 1999, but won it that year. 
Um, in 2013, Promise uh, won his first round match with Red Titus. He said it was a good match, but he lost the uh, this finals, the semifinals, excuse me, to uh, Papadon. Um, he also said one of the highlights of that 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 night was meeting Bill Apter for the first time and talking to him. Um, he still thinks about that that show fondly. And when I was talking to him, I could just hear just just the just the excitement of the memories coming back. Uh, and when he's telling me all these. St- the stories of that, of that day and that it was a very important tournament and it's still important to the to the eight competitors that worked on this year's tournament now for me i fell out of the way like i said I almost forgot it was even around so i was really excited to like i said watch it review it i'm not going to review all the non-tournament matches on the show i just want to focus on the tournament matches but um you know looking at the eight competitors and I'll go down the list here. The well, first one that jumps out of me was that, I, which I was like shocked to see, uh, Ricky Morton, sixty-five year old Ricky Morton of the legendary team, the Rock and Roll Express. Um, he, I was like, wow, that you know, when I think Super Eight, I think of giving opportunities to these young, young independent wrestlers, and but you know, it's I kind of like I kind of like it. It's it's. Adds a different element, you know, booking the legendary wrestler. Um, and I'll talk about the booking of this tournament and what I thought should have happened, etc. Um, also, Darius Carter, who I've never seen before, but, you know, I'll never forget his name after I watched this uh, this tournament. Fancy Ryan Clancy, who I have seen before, a great young wrestler. He does like an old uh, 50s style like gimmick, um, but he's a good little worker. Um I've seen him wrestle on the Wrestle Open show. Eric Corvus, I haven't seen him before, but apparently he's wrestled for 20 years. Um, Travis Huckabee, I have seen from Beyond Wrestling and Wrestle Open shows. Eel O'Neill, another guy I have not seen before. Very uh, looked like a very young wrestler. Uh, Encore, I remember seeing it on Wrestle Open um, these last few shows. And Erica Lee, who I apparently was the first female in ever in this tournament um i have not seen her work before so i was excited to see um you know a lot of these new faces that i haven't seen before i love seeing new talent for the first time that i haven't seen and discovering them um and just just seeing what they bring to the table who stands out who do i see as a future player um so again very excited to, uh, to review this tournament one part of the was the letdown though was the overall show production? It was, uh, you know, it was a two-camera shoot, which is which is great, you know. For indie, this is indie, you know. I'm not not knocking the how many, you know, didn't have like four camera shoot. I, you know, I, I appreciate the at least a hard cam and a floor cam and the and the um, the switch in there. You know, a lot of, a lot of people don't even do that these days. Um, but like, it was just, it was just like show started. Um. Uh, a very bright little building. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not you know, even knock how many fans there. I mean, it was, was looking like a smaller crowd than where I remember in the past. But I'm not, you know, I'm not, not I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking that. I, but I was bummed that you know guys just came out of a curtain and there's no video wall. What I loved about the old tournaments, which used to pump me up. I remember watching those tournaments. Like they would make these uh, videos, uh, hype up the show and talk about who's in the tournament and show some highlights of previous matches and they would cut up the highlights. And I remember just being like so stoked to see that. I remember it used to drive me nuts though that the way they would show it on video was like the camera would just focus on the video screen that they had and zoom in. But you know, this is early nineties and that's what we had back then. But I was always thinking like, we could just splice that in the video so I can see it clearly. Uh, maybe post maybe like by the time the tape comes out, you know, it's, Cleaned up, but whatever. I bet still, I, it 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 pumped me up for the tournament when I saw that. Okay, so there was none of that. They didn't do that, and I was like, just, just bummed. The commentary team were they good? Were they bad? I don't know because I can't even hear them. It was so low, and again, like a lot, like I said, a lot of these competitors I didn't know, and I was hoping from the commentary team they would fill in those, you know, some history and some backstory and. Maybe some, you know, what they've done previous, just so I could, you know, get to know these, these athletes. And 
again, I, I did not hear. I heard one line. It was bad. So maybe I, maybe it's the best thing I didn't hear. But um, uh, so that was a bummer. So so overall, the productions was way way different than what I what I remember previously from when I used to watch the Super Eight tournament. Um, this show took place on March twenty sixth in Morganville, New Jersey. Um, ECWA Jim Kettner, you know, he sold it in two thousand ten to Matt. Tartaglia and Joe Zanoli, and in 2019, Tartaglia sold the promotion to Zanoli. So, and I, you know, I think once once Kettner sold it to in 2010, I believe it. That's when it moved from Delaware to New Jersey. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's what happened. Um. So again, bummed off the bat, the production, and I, you know, Indies today have pretty decent production because you could do a decent production these days with not with not the uh the biggest budget and with that said like when i just see like something from the past you know like from the 90s um it's a it's a bummer and i'm not you know it's like i mean seriously the, the the production has really improved for the last like four years, five years. So I expected more out of this. So let's get into the matches here. Um, round one, the opening match was Eric Corvus versus Erica Lee. Um, now, personally, I'm not a fan of intergender matches. Now, don't stop the don't stop the podcast. Hear me out. Um, I I love women's wrestling. I just think it should be featured equally, like. The women shouldn't be special attractions. It should be done respectfully, and they should be put into a position that they're being taken seriously. Um, like I think you should have, like if you're booking women's wrestling, you want to book a really good. If it's just one match, you still want it to be a really good match, right? You just don't want to just book any women just to have women on the card. Um, I just. You know, booking, I know they're trying to tell a story here with Erica Lee. Um, and, you know, intergender matches can work. It did work here, definitely, when I talk about the finals. And that kind of gives away what happens. But um, I I just think, I don't know. I just, I just wish they, you know, er- Erica Lee could have been in a match with uh, a top quality women's wrestler and they could have had a really hell of a match and she didn't need to be a deterrent to prove anything or to prove anything about women's wrestling. Um, so that's my opinion on that. Um, but I will say, and that at first I was kind of like, eh, but in the end it worked. And I'll talk about that when I reach the finals. Uh, but this match, the opening match, Eric Corvus and Eric Lee just felt like a a spot show match instead of instead of a prestigious tournament match. It was the old, you know, chauvinistic male heel talking down to the female competitor. Eric Corvus was like this heavyset guy, long pants, t-shirt. Um, did not look intimidating at all. Um, I was impressed by Eric Lee though. Um, she had good size. She has a good look. You know, she, you know. She brings it. She knows she has to bring it as a female working men. Like she doesn't hold back. I like that. Um, her facial expressions were over the top and her selling. And I didn't understand her gimmick. She would do like this, I don't know, claw motion with both hands. And she seemed kind of quirky. I just didn't get what it was. And of course, there's no commentary to explain it. She kind of reminded me of a, a, a little mean Kathleen who I love. I just love that that girl and love that gimmick. So she reminded me of her, but I, I, I would like to see Eric Lee kind of drop the shtick and just be more of a serious wrestler because it worked for Little Mean Kathleen, but from what I saw here, it just didn't work for me. Now, uh, Eric Lee won with a bridging back suplex on uh, Eric Eric Corbis. That, that that looked really impressive. The next match was uh, Fancy Ryan Clancy versus E. O'Neal. I've never seen E. O'Neal wrestle before. Um, I have seen Ryan Clancy wrestle, and he's a really impressive youngster. Uh, O'Neal was fine here, but I, I believe the one, the wrong guy won. Um, 
Clancy is just it's just a step ahead of him and showed more here. And I just thought, uh, in my opinion, Clancy should have went over. Um, I thought Clancy should have went a lot farther in his tournament, honestly. Because, um, you know, the, the Super 8, again, about these young up-and-coming wrestlers. And um, and I think there's a great upside to uh, fancy Ryan Clancy. Um, Eel Neal, I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Uh, maybe a, another match I'll see him down the line. And I'll be impressed. But right now on this show, I, I didn't see it. Um, the next match was Travis Huckabee versus Encore. I've seen, like I said, I've seen both of these men. Um, Huckabee and Beyond and also uh, Wrestle Open. Encore, I've seen him recently in Wrestle Open. Um, uh, Huckabee's a solid worker. He doesn't have much of a look. He's, I don't know how old he is, but with his, you know, he has like a bald head, but you still, you know, let's see like the the bald line with the hair, and he looks probably older than he actually is. Uh, but he's 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 a he's a good quality worker, and honestly, if he came around in the '80s, he would have been a really reliable job guy for like the WWF or the NWA. And I say that with the sincerest compliment, right? Um. Those guys are very valuable. Uh, uh, George South was very valuable. Um, Italian Stallion is very valuable. Barry Horror is very valuable talents. Um, so I'm not knocking the enha- being an enhancement guy, but like a reliable enhancement guy. A guy that when you're in that town, you're like, uh, who are you booking? We're booking Travis Huckabee because I know he would do a good job in getting our guys over. Um, Encore's a good-looking athlete. Um a lot of potential there. Like I've seen many times on the like I said, the wrestling open cards. Um, I'm still not sure about the encore name. I'm not sure about the gimmick. I I just don't really understand it. But this guy, you know, has a great body, good look. He has good looking gear. Just looks like a professional, right? Doesn't look like a guy that's your next door neighbor, and that's what you don't want to see. And and um. You know, not knock. I'm not trying to knock Eric Corvus, but that's what I saw. Like, okay, I, this is like the guy, a weekend warrior I see on, you know, a lot of indie wrestling, right? Like, I, I want to see the guys that and gals that want to take that next step. And Encore, like, you know, he puts a lot of extra presentation, um, but he's still very green. Still has a lot to work on. Um, the story of this match is Huckabee was working on the arm. Um, and then when it was finally time for Encore to make his comeback, he was giving back what he was getting from Huckabee, right? So he started going to the arm and, and working on it. Now, that normally works nine times out of ten. But here, it just didn't work. Encore just didn't have the, the fire on that comeback. We started doing these uh, arm ringers into like a shoulder with whole, still clasping the arm and pulling Huckabee in and giving him little shoulder shoulder strikes. Um, it just lost the crowd. I would have kept it very simple. You know, big drop kicks, another big drop kick with the guy on the ropes, back drop, right? Cover, one, two, pick him back up. Um, I don't know. The comeback was kind of blown when I saw it. And I, I just... I just thought it was a wasted. It just he just missed it there, and I like Encore. I've seen him have you know I've seen the potential there, and he's just gonna continue to grow and learn. And um, so yeah, I, I hope to you know I hope this was a great learning experience for him, and and I hope to see him uh, just continue to grow. Like I said, um, the the last match of the first round was Darius Carter versus Ricky Morton. This was a good match. Um, it's always fun seeing a longtime veteran like Ricky Morton. I mean, this guy's 65 years old. And I just love seeing the tricks those old veterans have, right? Like, I try to remember how long this match was. It wasn't very long. But what Ricky knows, like, he's a, he's a legendary guy. He doesn't need to do much at all. He's 65 fucking years old, for God's sakes, right? Like, so he comes out and a lot, the first part, his entrance, he comes out and, like, Four girls storm him, and it's it looked put on, and it was put on, you know. But it was just I just got the biggest laugh out of it because you know to try to make it like you know 1980, uh, 1986 or something, and it just gave me a crack. But Ricky Moore gets in there, and he's like 
he's just, you know, killing the time. Rock, getting the, getting some chance. Rock and roll, rock and roll, right? Darius is moving in, and it's you know they're 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 circling each other, and uh, it was it was just it was, I just love seeing the little tricks he would do. Uh, this is the first time I seen Darius Carter. Really liked him. Solid fucking worker. Um, he had uh, some good height to him, a good frame on him. I started watching some of his old stuff, and you see his him just maturing his body. Adding some weight to it. I just want to see a little more definition on that body. But I liked great. He, he, facially and body type remind me of Ranger Ross in the NWA. If you remember him in 1989, 1990. Um, you know, mid card, baby guy. Air Force, legitimate Air Force guy. Uh, I think he got a medal for some. some I forget what medal. Maybe Medal Honor. I don't. I remember what maybe that was. I don't know. Maybe it was a work. You know, Jim Ross would always talk about. It. I remember just hearing that. I know later on he got busted for like maybe tax evasion or something like that. But uh, he just, but Darius just facially looked like Ranger Ross to me, and uh, and in his frame as well. Um, you know, just little tricks here. And Ricky Moore is still sixty-five years old. Can sell. He takes a shot. Takes a bump to his knees. Goes to the ropes, looks at the people, tries to get that sympathy, makes a little hand gesture with his hands to kind of get them to go, get them to go. He's going to start cheering at Rudamon. Just simple shit, man. Uh, Darius went with his feet on the ropes, which shocked me. I figured, like, okay, there's two stories I can tell here. And they went with one of the stories, I thought. But I thought they would go Ricky Morton, the old 65-year-old uh Making it to the finals and losing to the to the young young gun, right? And I don't know, he's sixty five, so working three times. You know, maybe not in the cards for him at this time in his career, or maybe like you know he wants to pay his payoff is per match, and I'm sure he got a decent payoff. And you know, the promoter uh, Zanoli probably was like, ah. I don't know if I want to pay three times, right? Um, it all depends what you work out. You know, some guys will want per match in a tournament. Some guys will, you know, kind of change their, you know, their payoff as it, you know, a little less as they go in the finals. You know, just stuff like that. Like as they keep going the tournament, it, it, they get a little extra. You know, it all depends what you want to work out there. Um, but you know, I kind of like women into that, like the old veteran going for to win this tournament that has all this history to it. Um, have him go to the finals and at the at semifinals. After, we, after he wins the semifinals, he just cuts a, a promo about, you know, I'm 65 years old. I've been wrestling for 45 years. I've been the NWA World Tag Team Champion five times or wherever it was, six times, whatever it was. And winning this would be so important to me. Winning this would be so important for the old guys that that people write off. I want to still show, hey, I might be 65 years old, but I still hang with these young kids. And let me tell you, those first two kids I, I wrestled, they put up t- t- tough, tough fights. They gave me they gave me hell. And they had me almost beat a couple times. But lucky for me, my experience went out on these youngsters. And now I'm going to this final, and I want to win it. I want to hold that trophy. I want to, you know, I want to show the world in 2022 that Ricky Morton, Hall of Famer, still got it. You know, just a nice promo to pump him up, you know, pump up the crowd, get people invested in the story. And I would have still done the finals with Darius Carter in the finals versus Ricky Morton. I wouldn't have Ricky Morton in the opener. Um, but they went a different way. They went with Erica Lee in the finals versus Darius Carter. And it worked. And we'll talk about that. The next match, Erica Levers, Eel Neal. This I thought was a, just the worst match on the tournament. They just, I just felt they had no chemistry. Uh, Eel Neal, just he's did a crowd. I don't know. It was just it wasn't there for me. And Erica wants a spear. And again, weakest match of the tournament. The next match was a, a really good technical match. It was, like, it was a heel versus heel match from 
But, you know, Huckabee worked babyface for this match. Um, this is a match, like I said, was good overall. The more I see a Darius Carter, the more I'm just impressed with this guy. In this match, Darius got to show off his technical wrestling skill. I really enjoyed the chain wrestling in the beginning of the match. Uh, and then Darius ended up winning with this his this Cobra Clutch Face Buster combo. Think of uh, Jeff Jarrett's the stroke or same move, the Dennis Condry, Full Nelson, Face First, uh, Face first uh, slam. The Miz does something similar. Uh, but I like this. It it was sweet looking. And the way he executed it and set it up and was great. Uh, so very, again, very impressed with, Darry, with Darius Carter. Uh, the main event was Darius Carter versus Erica Lee. Um, again... I'm not a big fan of these intergender matches, but, and I will say I'm wrong when I'm wrong, and I was wrong going in. I, this match worked because Darius Carter is a, is a good worker, and he really did a great job of healing on Erica Lee, building up to her big comeback. Um, they did a, a really good... Um, Build to the finish. And the whole book in the tournament was good when it came to Erica Lee because she won with the bridging suplex. Was a false finish. Um, was a false finish in this match. She won with the spear the previous match, semifinals over Eel O'Neal. Another false finish in this match. Um, so the crowd was like, when she hit those two moves, or just like, oh, that was it. And they bought those false finish. And Darius Darius Carter's kickouts were perfect too. It wasn't wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. It was just like, oh, he just barely. And people were like, man, are vested into this. So I was really enjoying this. It didn't matter women versus male, right? It was it, they built a nice story. Um, again, Erica Lee was bringing it because she has to. She has to as a female. Uh, and she has good size on herself, so it like it didn't look ridiculous here. Um, as they work towards the finish, this is where it dipped a little for me. The towards the finish, Erica Lee pulled out a chalk strap or something like you know, think Mr. Sacco, think of you know Mick Foley, and she pulled. I just thought it wasn't needed here. It 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 wasn't. She could have done something else, you know. I don't know. It just this match was going so well and was taken beyond just being, you know, like I said, intergender. Like it, it was taken as a really it's because the work was good here. It was taken seriously by the audience and even myself, who like I said, is critical of intergender matches. I was invested in the work and the story they're telling, and once they did the. Once she pulled out the jock strap or whatever it was, it just took me out of it. Took me out of that suspension of disbelief. Now, now it's silly pro wrestling. Everyone's trying to be funny. Everyone's trying to be funny. Cause it got a couple of people some contracts, right? AW, Orange Cassidy. Everyone's just trying to be this ironic comedy. And I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of this shit. Let's be wrestlers again. That's why I like Darius Carter. He's not flashy, but he's a classic worker, and he has a good presentation. Why I don't I never heard him before this. I mean, maybe I should have, but but I, I don't remember seeing him pop up all over. Why is he? Not, I see all these guys getting flown out, and these all these indies, and I'm like, why are they find this guy out? Right, just because he did a a move or has a gif out there, because you know Derek Darius Carr's not flashy to do some, to do some git have some gif of him, you know, like some stupid flashy move, and these mark promoters now just like oh they see a flashy gif of a wrestler and they start booking these guys, flying them out. I'm like, dude, fly out the good quality workers, right? Fly out the Darius Carters who's going to give you 110%, going to put on a great match for you, a logical match, is not going to is not going to insult your audience is win or lose is going to help the credibility of your promotion. 
I want a guy like Darius Carter. If I, I wish I was booking still. I really do. I would book Darius Carter in a heartbeat. Um, you know, I just, you know, really impressed with him throughout this tournament. And in this final, he was a great leader in there. And so, Eric Lee, back to the jockstrap thing. She gets the Mr. Gets the jockstrap in his mouth. And like I said, you know, as I explained this, I mean, it's getting ridiculous, right? He ends up re- getting out of that, reversing it, and and she goes flying into the corner between the top and middle ropes and does a great shoulder post in the in the in the corner. Honestly, shoulder posts are usually not they're always mistimed and never look good, but this one looked great. It's like one of the best shoulder posts I've seen in a very very long time. Um Another thing I didn't like here was Darius would go went out went outside the ring, and as you know, Erica Lee's selling, you know, the shoulder hitting the hitting the post. She's still down there, head is sticking out next to the ring post. Darius comes out and he starts slamming her head into the ring post. And that's still, that's way too much here, way too much here. Um. I'm a little old school. I'm very protected of the ring post. This wasn't needed here. That's way too big here. It's Sterius honestly should never left the ring here. It should have been the post. He needed to sell a little bit. The 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 Sako in his mouth. The you know the jockstrap in his mouth. Needs to kind of like, you know, register. Just ugh, and. And then just get like a mean streak. And that was, yeah, that was mean to go out there and slam her head, but into the ring post multiple times. But I just see him just grab her out of that corner, turn her around, lock on that Cobra clutch, and hit that sweet face buster. And again, it looked great with Travis, when he did Travis Huckabee. Huckabee took that bump great. And Eric Lee took that bump great. It made that thing look just, a, just like a beautiful move. And the right guy won here, Darius Carter. He was the best person in this tournament, you know, overall. You know, Ricky Morton's a legend, but he's also 65. Um, you know, I, you got to give it to a young guy who's building his name. And like I said, I, I feel, I'm i ashamed of myself. I've never seen Darius Carter or heard from him, but also shame on the promoters and shame on the, the wrestling journalist that, you know, they're out there getting all these other guys' names out there, and and Darius Carter names to be out there. He does, and I hope this. I'm glad I watched the show. I'm glad it because one, it brought back great memories of the Super Eight um, tournament of the past. Brought great m- memories of my friends in the tournament who worked this tournament, um, and it brought me back to what I love about this tournament is the featured these, you know. A lot of unknown talent giving them a platform to build on their on their name, and for a guy like myself, be like, you know what? I've never seen this guy before, Darius Carter. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I want to see more of that guy. I'm looking forward to seeing more matches with him in it. Um, so here's to Darius Carter. I, I, you know, I I hope he gets booked in bigger and bigger promotions. Right, um, the Super Eight. Not as, like I said, prestigious as once was. Again, oversaturation of tournaments. Um, now I think the, the most high-profile tournament in the United States is, um, is of course, Battle of Los Angeles, PWG. Um, internationally, on the independent scene, is, to me, the 16-karat gold, WXW. And if uh, Felix and the guys at WXW are listening to this podcast, hey, if you don't know this kid, Darius Carter, take a look at him for the you know 2023 16 karat gold tournament. Worth the investment to fly out. Um, he's not flashy, but he's a hell of a solid worker, quality worker, and I love to see him get his name out there internationally and also all over the United States. Come on, PWG. Stop booking the guy to do a bunch of flips and do a bunch of spots and a bunch of, you know, get, you know, book a guy like this. Give him the platform. He'll get over in one match. You don't need to win the tournament. Just 
one match, even the losing in, I I think he'll, I know he'll get over. I'm confident in him. So, so that's Super Eight 2022 review. Wow, um, I had a lot of fun talking about this tournament. Um, it's great to look back. Like I said it brought back so many memories um, of the tournaments of the first like ten years of the tournament, specifically for me. Um, great memories of my, like I said, my friends competing in the tournament. So I hope you guys enjoy this show. Um, and again, once again, I'll be taking another week off because I'll be on vacation with my, with my beautiful family. But I'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about another great, another exciting young independent promotion. And I'm looking forward to discovering some new talent that I've never seen before. And like a Darius card, like I saw here, like Erica Lee, I really liked her work as well. Um, I, I saw big time potential in her. So um, thanks again. Follow me on Twitter at LaRockaJL. You know, follow Fight Game Media on Twitter as well. Again, check out our Patreon, Fight Game Media Plus. It's $5. We got you know, the Stalzer show like like Garrett Gonzalez and myself do for uh, Raw 1998 as we're, you know, follow, we're reviewing it week to week. Um, Breaks for Impact with... Uh, my good friend uh, uh, Mike Gilbert and Justin Justin Oliva they do a great show on Impact Wrestling probably the the best uh, podcast on on Impact Wrestling if you're a fan of Impact Wrestling you're listening out there definitely check out their show it's very great uh, they do a great review for free on the free feed which is which this feed is on and they also do uh, on the Patreon that's where they get the news that's where they they drop you with the uh, some of the inside dirt of uh, impact wrestling and also continue to support this free feed we have the rap with keely cash she has a great show talking about wwe the boom talking about all things AEW with james james and kevin have an awesome show um we have robert silva talking boxing and if you love boxing you want to hear robert silva talk about boxing because he's so passionate so knowledgeable um so yeah, check check our check our our fight game media out. Support us. We love to hear feedback and give me your feedback on this show. Um, give me feedback on the Super Eight. I, if you haven't watched it yet, I hope this review makes you go to IWTV and watch it. Um, IWTV is a great streaming service for for fans of independent wrestling. They have a lot of great content, a lot of great content on there. Um, I personally enjoy Wrestling Open. It's a it's a fun show that features a platform for young wrestlers. Some veteran wrestlers will appear on that show. They just had Matt Taven on that show. They had Fandango on that show previously. Um, mixing in with the young wrestlers. So I think you guys will enjoy that. So support IWTV uh, and support independent wrestling is very important. Um, a lot of great talent out there and we should uh, we should talk about it. We should celebrate them and we should keep getting their name out there for promoters to book these kids and give them that exposure because I want to see these kids move on up from the indies to getting a contract somewhere because uh, – I, you know, I'm always rooting for this business and rooting for the people who are passionate about this business. So, again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And I look forward to you guys listening back again in two weeks. Take care. Have a happy Easter.